God's sake, Sarah, get it right. Hello and welcome to Homespun Wisdom Talks with My Neighbour with myself, Sarah Sharman and Daniel Confino. Oh was that a bit about me shouting at you in there? Yeah. Oh, no, you see. Because you were fiddling around with all these controls, weren't you? And we are socially distanced, in case anyone was wondering, of course. Mm. You were fiddling with all those controls, and it was just a practical problem. And I found myself getting really tetchy and upset about it, and then I let out a little explosion. I went emotional hey. about what should have just been a practical thing. You shouldn't be so sensitive about things. I had you it know, all under control. I'm, I so love our podcast. It's like the best thing in my life at the moment. One of the best things in your life. Yeah, obviously, after the usual ones that can't be mentioned in polite society. Food and drink. You can say that in the society. <laughs> Something missing. I haven't... I have to think about that. But, um, yes, you know, with your clothes on, I think, is the way they normally reference this. You've lost me now. Well, Anyhow. you know, it's, it's the most fun you can have with your clothes on, that's what they say. Oh, I You see. know, the implication being that there's more fun to be had with your clothes off. Oh, it depends whether you're an exhibition exhibit. Well, I can't even say it now. No, you're, you're not getting this, Sarah. <laughs> I am. I'm playing naive, Daniel. Come yeah. on now. You should know me. So the point being that there are some practical problems that you have to deal with in life. Right. And then there's some emotional problems that you have to deal with in life. Okay. And I suppose what I'm exploring today yes. in the interests of, you know, the the homespun wisdom concept and helping our, I think it's now 17 <laughs> listeners. Um, Stop saying numbers, Daniel. Uh, yeah, no, of course, that's, that's a joke. It's, it's actually not even into double figures yet. Um, yeah, is to help them, you know, be more effective in life. And one of the ways that that can happen is to take the emotion out of what are practical problems. Okay. Um, and just make them practical problems and save your emotions for the things that are really worth that, you know, emotional energy, which is which is more draining, rarer, more difficult, and just allow your practical problem-solving mind to sort out stuff. Mm. Does that make, can you think of anything where that might be an issue in your life? I mean, let me give you a, a prompt, Sarah. Okay. Suppose you ran out of something in the kitchen. Yes. And you were just making yourself a cup of coffee. Uh-huh. And there was no milk. Yeah. Um, because somebody just had the last of the milk. Okay. You know, how, what sort of a problem is that for you? I mean, are it's you going to have major. a rant? Are you going to be cussing under your breath? Absolutely not. Oh, come on. You have to be honest with me on this. I am being honest. So it's just a practical problem. You're just going to go and get your coat on and go out and get a pint of milk. And... Absolutely not. Uh, well, tell me. I'll just drink it black. <laughs> and uh, then hopefully remember to pick up milk next time I'm out of the house. But I wouldn't go out and get milk straight away. So does it take much to get you emotionally agitated? Not over things that don't need to be emotionally attached to. Yeah. But do you remember in order and chaos what yes. do you call that one uh, anyway I can't remember order and chaos no you're a mess you're a mess yes do you remember in you're a mess you, you talk quite a lot about when people don't put things back right you know and how upsetting that is for you not so upsetting that I will cry yeah but the, even the word upsetting is is a word that, that that carries emotional value and charge it's not 
you know, just a practical thing. I mean, I can't find the sellotape. Oh dear, I'll use something else. Mm. Um, it's, you know, oh, this is really is messing up my day. Uh, I can't get on with things. And, you know, you get upset. I mean, that's that's what it's, you know, when, when they say there's no point crying over spilt milk. <laughs> what is that saying? I don't know, because at one, one time in college, I came home and found my housemate crying because she'd spilled the milk. <laughs> So did you did you did you weigh in with a slam dunk and say there's no did you say there's no need or no use? Oh dear. I mean, what? Let's examine that because it's everyone's heard it, haven't they? There's no use crying over spilt milk. Mm. What, what do you understand by that, Sarah? Having been in a in, actually in a live situation, by the way, by the sounds of it. Oh, there's no need to get so upset because you can easily clean it up. Mm. But there's, there's, there's there's a solution to the problem. <laughs> The solution is the milk. That's a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, there's no point crying over things that can be dealt with quite easily. Mm. So it's, it really is playing to my thesis, which is save the tears for something that's worth the crying. You know, mm. and there are things that you know that, that justify crying, but not spilt milk. Yeah, normally a good film. A good film, what? Will shed my tears. Ah, right. So tell me more. That's it. If I need to cry, it'll often be over something I've seen on TV. Yes. Oh, look. Here comes oh, God, Jesse, you gave me a fright. Jesse Dog has arrived. <laughs> which is, you know, we have to include her in the podcast because we're not allowed to edit. I'll just don't press delete. Oh, it's okay. We're safe. Great. So you were telling me that you like to cry at the movies. Yes. And you do it openly? Or, oh, or, or yeah. Are you sort of just <laughs> trying to pretend you put your your face into the crook of your elbow? You know, as no, if that's no, a normal no. thing to do. And mop I've up been the... at the cinema hysterically crying the whole yeah. rose you... moving because I'm hyperventilating. So you remember <laughs> to put on the waterproof mascara for the for the movies? Do you? <laughs> if I've remembered to put mascara on that day. <laughs> <laughs> but. but uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't mind having a good cry. Yeah, maybe but, because I'm too much of a practical person in life and try to not cry over spilt milk. Uh, that I then just cry at the spilt well, milk in the movie. I think there's more wisdom in that expression. No, there's no use crying over spilt milk than, than is is apparent. Mm. I think there's two things going on. Right. To my mind, one is that when something has happened, it's done. You know, just get over it, sort it out. Yes. That's the first element, and we can come back to that. The second element is there's no point in crying because that's an that's a powerful emotion. That's mm. something you should save for you know important, real things that happen in your life. Not necessarily not, so. Not um, not just over trivial nonsense like a bit of you know, body... spillage of milk, for instance. Because some people say, oh, don't cry, like, be a man, like, don't cry. <laughs> but the body is able to do this function. Yeah. So if you need to cry, then cry. Don't hold back. Okay. But is that real emotion then? Or is that just some sort of eye-cleaning eye eye cleaning yeah, thing? Because your tear ducts <laughs> need to work from time to time, otherwise they get blocked. You it's, know, a it's a practical release of... So, so there's practical, there's practical emotional, and then there's emotional. We, we've got a, you've created a middle ground, yes. I think. Um, Indeed. I mean, here's a, here's a thing and a problem I've lived with all my life. You mm. know that 
when you're talking to do you want me to say women or ladies or girls or what because i i get a lot of grief from you about this and even one of our most avid listeners happened to tell me about females <laughs> no, no, no i'm not going to talk about females no it is women women then no That's, females all right i'm talking about females because it's the when sex I'm, not when, the gender when, when i'm talking to when I'm talking to a female, yeah, and and I've got to let's say something you know a little bit con, conflictual, yeah, you know, uh, to say, mm-hmm. if she starts welling up, right, I have to back off, you know. Okay. Um, and um, and I can't you know can't take it any further because as soon as I see the tears, it's like, you know, in, in Superman he has kryptonite, you know, he just turns her into a wobbling jelly nonsense, and I'm like that when when i see female tears well don't be afraid of tears when you say well that's like welling up of tears isn't look it? at me in my play on words i'm so smart i am you... <laughs> <laughs> the listeners are like sarah you're not we've heard, <laughs> we've heard the other podcasts <laughs> but uh tears my brother william not that he makes me cry, but he makes me cry. <laughs> but it's not crying as such. Sometimes you get so passionate about something that your voice starts to crack and tears are produced. Mm. And he was like, there's no need to cry. And I was like, I'm not crying. I'm just very passionate right now yeah. that I can't control yeah. what's happening so- to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the body has two mechanisms to deal with excess something. You mm. know. One is laughter, yeah, and the other is crying. So mm. Obviously, you know, it makes sense really. They're the they're not really the opposites, are they? Because sometimes you cry with laughter. Yes. So we we we're, we're, we're raising all sorts of complicated stuff here, Sarah. I don't know if we have the ability to un unpick, unpick all this, but let's try. Let's try. Um, so yes, crying. Um, you know, when when you have, I was remember reading uh, Arthur, Arthur Kerstler uh, on the subject of um, humour. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a funny man himself. In fact, he had a suicide pact with his wife, and they both topped themselves at the age of sixty for some reason. They just oh. thought that was the right thing to do. Um, I hope they had a good laugh before. <laughs> yeah, but he he used to think that that we have the body has this brain which is incredibly fast. Mm. At, understanding and responding you know just like lightning speed the most and and but it attached to the body is that what he called the adrenoendocrinal system this is you know all those chemicals that we pump around the body like adrenaline and god knows what which is still the vestigial reptilian thing you know so incredibly slow and and um, to act and so forth so the 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 disconnect between those two that the brain has got something quickly mm. but the body is lagging behind Okay. Gets resolved by laughter or crying. That's the body's way of sort of burning off the energy that it that is created. Not always useful. Getting a bit scientific today, isn't it? Yes. Hmm. But I mean, hopefully, thought provoking. So next time you have a laugh or a cry, just remember. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel, can you please try and finish what you're saying before you laugh at your own joke? Just remember that it's just your body trying to catch up with your brain. You know, it's it's normal. It's normal. You know, that's what I say to Jane when I make her cry. Don't don't worry, darling. It's 
Just your body <laughs> trying to get <laughs> with your energy and pulse are a Kleenex and everything's fine after that. Mm. I mean, she really gets it, and that's what I mean about the practical overcoming the emotional. Right. I remember there was one time I was a juror. You know, I've only done it once, jury service, mm-hmm. and um, it was quite a high-profile case actually. And I ended up being the foreman. I suppose you know, no surprise there. Because I was asking lots of questions during the trial, and you had to write a note, went to the usher or the clerk, gave it to the judge, and the judge would say, jury person number seven wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and because it was a very high-profile case, all the tabloids were there, and I was often caricatured, is the way I would see it, although other people think it was a fair representation of me, because they can't take pictures, they can draw pictures in court. Okay. So I would be this juror with, you know, sort of a Groucho. Looking like a nosy Parker. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, somewhere between nosy Parker and Groucho Marx. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, it was, it was a case that involved a lot of emotion, should we say. Okay. And, um, and there was crying. Mm. And, um, and I really struggled with, with this because I was sworn to follow the evidence, you know, and um, do my duty as a juror. And yet, there was crying in court and as I already explained that is my kryptonite yeah I went wobbly need luckily I was sitting down but it was quite hard to focus on the practical stuff you know the real stuff mm. so I ended up deciding the whole case on a door closer because I used to work for the main door closing company in, in the country called Newman Tonks who made a product called the Britain door closer if you're ever passing a door with a door closer or, or you have some what they call panic hardware which is stuff you can open from the inside but not the outside like at a cinema exit you know an emergency exit mm. it's probably Britain and I knew a lot about Britain door closers um, and there was one which featured quite prominently in the case actually because the question was whether something happened behind a closed door or not you see right so I was able to to unpick a lot of the evidence mm. but um so yes, but I, I struggled to to manage the emotion because you believe you want to believe when somebody's crying mm-hmm. that they're telling the truth, yeah, and that they're not just faking up the tears. Okay. But Elvis Costello, who I love, and I don't think we've talked about him a great deal no. in these podcasts, but I I love his songwriting, his lyrics, and he's written in the latest album, Look Now, a song about female tears and how you can't trust them <gasps> oh no yeah how they how you you know there's even that expression about turning on the waterworks isn't there yes and i think girls know oh did i say girls females know how to use that it's part of their defense mechanism for being the weaker sex but they're not the weaker sex <laughs> not in your case <laughs> not in history i mean i we've never armed wrestled have we arm wrestled no, we have not. Do you think we should? Have we reached that point where we need to resolve this? <laughs> no, we're not doing that now. You know, I quite like the Japanese... Sorry, Sarah. Women are not the weaker sex. They appear to be because they manipulate them because they're the most powerful. Uh, yes, you well, just need to go back in, you know, the great Boudicca. 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 Yeah, but she's been bigged up, hasn't she? Cleopatra. All right, yeah. What, what, what do you want to say about Boudicca? I mean, my history. Do you, how do you view her? Is she in on a chariot, 
and the, 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 the axles of the chariot have got those sword type, those daggery things on them, mm -hmm. so they cut you to pieces as they go through. And she's there in, in flowing robes, isn't she, wielding a massive sword? Yeah, I think you have to say brandishing. What's the between wielding and brandishing? Brandishing is when you kind of show it, it's kind of like when you want to, you know, you wielding. know, wielding is when it's up high, isn't it? And you're sort of swinging it around, anyway. Boudicca, so she is your your female goddess no, icon. No, but I'm just saying that there are many powerful women in history, so we're not the weaker sex. We're the most clever. Well, yes, I didn't. Powerful. I didn't argue about that. I mean, you have. What I'm saying is that because maybe you don't have the same physical strength, you've used brain brawn, brain rather than brawn. You see, mm. I mean, men. If men have the brawn, you have to have the brain. But I mean, you know, the the, the defense mechanism is female crying. fighters. You're insistent on this, aren't you? Yes. You're just the wrong person for me to podcast with <laughs> on certain subjects. I'm just not going to get my way. <laughs> no, you it's won't. Certainly not my wicked way. Oh, <laughs> Definitely not. Did I say that? Um, but look, um, more more sensibly, we're trying right. to understand emotion and, and, and practical stuff and where the two sort of meet. Right. Um so uh, listeners may have figured this one out already they see me as the practical one and you is the emotional one <laughs> go go further i mean give me a data point or two that that provides some basis i for mean this i never come wild with assertion i just go with <laughs> with what i've seen and heard they'll just be thinking oh yeah sarah does sound very practical very strong-minded this that and the other um, yeah mm. she's cold and distant yes unemotional unemotional you cry you just told everyone you cry during the, the movies yeah yeah it's a good script the writer did a good job but uh so when you when you have to cry as an actress mm -hmm. has that happened have uh, you had to turn on the turn on the waterworks as, as i charmingly referred to it i think i have had to cry yeah What's your trigger? What, what do you think about when you need to turn on the real wall? life events? Yeah, which one? I would rather not say. <laughs> <laughs> but there, the there, is, there are some, are there? You can just yeah. connect with that event and then. Yes. Bom -bidi -bom -bidi -bom. Exactly. A minor flood. But you have to be uh, careful when you're tapping into real life events. If I remember my studies correctly, it's the Stanislavski. Method of acting. <laughs> and you're looking something up whilst doing podcasting. It's always a dangerous multitasking thing. I'll take over whilst you look that up. Oh no, I can multitask. We we can always do corrections, you know. Yes. Another time, rather than anyway. I'm listening. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to just take this whole conversation back to that spilt milk because that's a very good image that we've created and we need to dwell on it mm. for longer. So there are some things that happen that are worth crying about you know that justify the spinning because if you cry too much what are you called uh the something who cried wolf cry baby oh and that one yeah and the boy who cried wolf yeah but then that was about false alarms false alarms yes yeah but i mean there's you know there's an element of that if you cry too much people sort of just ignore it don't they just say oh it's just um you know just sarah crying again mm. I mean, you know, as in not serious, not to not to be worried about because they've already reckoned with the fact that, you know, you cry over not being able to find the cello tape, you know. Yeah. Just dissolve in a in a pool of tears over some tiny upset in your life. Um, mm -hmm. 
Well, you've already said that's not what happens. No, exactly. But there are people who lose it, you know, who are highly strung. I think that's the other expression they use, you know, who doesn't take much to put them over the over the edge. How are you at dealing with with emotion when when confronted with somebody that's you know really upset, really angry, really has strong strong views? Oh, I have. How, been... how, do you can you calm them down? Well, what's your what's your approach? Oh no, I just let them have it all out. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much stay as I am. <laughs> My housemate Pippa was witness of uh, me being <laughs> completely. Uh, attacked by someone and she just thought how did he just stand there and take it I was like well there's no point interjecting mm. because it'll make the situation wor yeah, yeah. worse there's no point saying oh calm down makes the situation yeah. work just let them have their full yeah. I mean you've been trained maybe because a lot of um, people who work with the public or you know retail and so on where they're going to be complaints and unhappy customers they're trained the good ones to let it all, bring it all out, not to provide any block, not to push back, mm. so, and anything else, you know, is, is that everything? I mean, I want to understand your, your hurt. And if that person feels that they've had a really good chance to download it all, you know, they, they it's cathartic, that word. Yeah. You know, it's like a, you feel better for having had the little explosion, even if nothing very much happens. And mm. you, you should never block somebody in the middle of one of those ramps, or Definitely you should not. bring it all, you encourage it. I mean, I was thinking about an incident at home, and I'm not going to mention names because it does involve somebody quite famous. Right. But we had some people around for... for it was actually dinner, you know, when we were having cinema followed by dinner. Okay. And we would discuss the film with, mm. with the people, and, and we had some people, including some, you know, one a very famous person, and... Um, or a household name, should you say. A household name, yes. Yeah. And, um, and in the course of the dinner, um, my wife said something which really upset this person, very famous person. And he went into an absolute... They went, I thought you were being... Hmm? I thought you were keeping it on the DL. Well, they just might mean that they're bi or something these days, isn't it? I mean, what does that mean? Well, I thought you were keeping this person anonymous. <laughs> All right, so I half... <laughs> it could be one of 49% of the population now. Um, but anyway, he went into a bit of a rant, you know. But the thing is that because he's well-known in the acting world for going into a bit of a rant it was quite hard in that moment to distinguish whether this was that person you know actually having a rant in his real life right. or just that person in character you know um because we'd seen it so often that it was quite hard to take it seriously does, does that make sense yeah <laughs> so why are you laughing well <laughs> and it's a bit like that isn't it you know if you know somebody is is, is a bit of a ranter you you pay less attention. Whereas if somebody saves yes, up, yes, I've their, noticed, Daniel. If somebody saves up their rants, you know, you know, you take it seriously when they when they have a go. Yes, you don't like listening to my rants. In what way? It, it seems like you check out sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not on podcasting, just generally. And I, and that's when I say to you, "Oh, Daniel, am I am I boring you?" But I think if I can help <laughs> our listeners with with the context here, because they they may be less familiar with some of the details that your rants normally relate to other members of my family <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure that I'm you know want to be that kind of satellite station that bounces 
your rant back to them. I mean, you can, you can have a direct rant with them. If oh, you yeah, want. I do let them know. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I, not, I'm not one to rant. I mean, and then not... have you heard that expression, there are two sides to every story? Yes. What does that mean to you, then? I mean, when, when somebody comes at you with a whole accusation thing about somebody yes and you know their facts their interpretation their story what what should you always say before reacting let me see what the other side of the story is yes yes yeah. let, let, let me get that from the other side and then yes you know. but sometimes i found out you never want to show sympathy too people early people don't check the other side of the story no because i've been How told a few times before Oh, I've heard it from so and so. I don't need to hear it from you. Mm. And I'm like, but their story might not be how mm. I saw it. Yeah. So then they're automatically, I don't know, maybe they're either taking sides or they just generally don't mm. want to hear it. See, I am. Um, but just to finish, I never say anything that I wouldn't tell the other person. Mm. Well, I'm going to talking about something now um which is quite close to the bone for me and i, I actually just have to look something up uh, any particular bone <laughs> i'm taking the it's thigh not bones the... connected to the <laughs> i'm taking bone. it's not the, the funny bone <laughs> <laughs> that's good i like that that's almost your annual joke you got it in february that's Why you, not can, me, Lord? you can relax <laughs> you can relax for the next 10 months because you've done your annual joke. Now, I'm My weekly joke, it says Daniel here. Your weekly joke. So you know, I'm going <laughs> to say that I found myself during the Corbyn period uh -huh. getting really upset, oh, even no. with some old friends really? who were denying that he was at all anti-Semitic or that the party, which I have voted for, had become or allowed people to behave mm. in an anti-Semitic manner and not controlled it properly. And, and I would be tackled by friends very good friends people have been at my stag party been at my weddings my important birthdays oh these you are know, long time yeah friends. long term and, and but who felt they had a enough of an interest in mr corbyn and his antics to challenge me and make me really angry by taking a very calm and apparently rational approach to the debate you know whereas, whereas i could feel the threat that I felt of Corbyn and his acolytes. Right. A, a visceral threat. And, you know, you have to remember my mum escaped the Nazis, so I've got a lot of baggage here. But, doesn't, mm. you know, that's me. That's my, you can tweak my emotions. Yeah. But for him, it was just a practical thing. You know, just here's some numbers. Okay. Here's some stuff I've read. And, and, and then recently, my brother, Simon, sent me this. When you debate a person about something that affects them more than it affects you, remember that it will take a much greater emotional toll on them than on you. For you, it may feel like um, an academic exercise. For them, it feels like revealing their pain, only to have you dismiss that experience, and sometimes their humanity, and that you might remain more calm under these circumstances is a consequence of your privilege. This is to the other person that they may remain calm as a consequence of their privilege, not increased objectivity on your part. Stay humble. So I think, it's, you know, it's sort of saying that there are some issues like anti-Semitism, racism, let's say, where people have 
real experiences where mm. the other person, if they're just trying to sort of debate with you like it's an academic exercise, they're being calm and practical. Yeah. And for you, it's not a calm and practical subject. You've lived it. You've you lived know. It, yeah. You know what it means. You're mm. getting angry. Yeah. And the fact that they are just continuing to debate you at a practical level, and you're getting emotional, mm. it makes the whole thing very unequal and you're going to get angry and they're going to be calm and, the, and you you said in a recent podcast to your mum when she goes to complain in a shop don't get angry you know stay calm yeah i think you even said something memorably like posh people never raise their voices um not that that's the point here but um <laughs> but yeah you know it's a very unequal side you know one's mm. and, and that's why when someone gets emotional you should take it in you know not push back and this friend that i, I have in mind when i read that did that to me he pushed back he even rang me from new york for 60 minutes for some reason um to debate this and i found myself calling jeremy corbyn you know some pretty unpleasant things which i don't really care about I, you know, I made jokes about him and my stand-up comedy did you get that far in my stand-up comedy <laughs> when i likened him to my camper van oh actually i think i did see that part yeah when i said the camper van was 1600 cc but he was just one cc yes, yes you can yes, guess what yes. that stands for that yes. the camper van even when it's idling does 500 revolutions per minute and he's not managed one um and the camper van is air cooled with a huge fan and he's a friendless fuck oh did i say friendless um it's going to have to be awarded you, on you this can, episode i think you can tell from the tone of my voice that I'm, I'm already you know tearing up a bit over this I'd you say, say you're tearing up I, I mean you had a tear in your eye earlier but I think you've just got a, a sigh or something <laughs> <laughs> so hard but to tell I, the difference I can feel that you are uh, bubbling mm. boiling boiling yeah it's existential Cooking on gas. When, when you feel threatened at the very core of your being by something it's mm. not a, you can't just have a little quiet debate about it it's not no. should i be shopping in aldi or little you know or, or in your case grubbing around in the, in the in the dumpster at the back you know it's uh oh, waitrose <laughs> waitrose marks and spencer's same street only the quality places well the dumpsters at the back of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm back to me now because i made a joke okay I, i've got over that little that little moment, but I can feel my heart rate is up. I don't want to have to send you home what? looking like you've been crying because <laughs> your, your, wife, your wife might get concerned and I'll have to deal with her as well, saying, could... why are you upsetting my husband? Can yeah. you do this more often? <laughs> <laughs> That's why people keep sending me emails saying you're funnier than me, and I hate it. You know, it's, just, it's not right, not right. I mean, anyway, Louise, we're funny together. Yes, I maybe think. we should finish there in case I get more laughs in. Yep, yep. I mean, what's that you spilt on your keyboard, by the way? Nothing. Oh, I thought it looked like milk. Oh, ha, 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 It's okay. All I right. normally have a, a cover over it. Sarah, if you feel that we're done, call us to order. Bring it to a close. Getting good at this, aren't you? You are, but we, we pay someone to do that for us. I Isaac. I better play it at Isaac the end. Dyer. Other music producers are available, but he's a genius. Yes. We love you, Isaac. So let's listen to his outro as I round us off for yet another episode of Homespun Wisdom.
talks with my neighbour. Bye. Bye-bye, Daniel. <laughs>